0: better listen very
1: carefully. A good martial artist does not become tense, but ready.
0: Essentially, at this point, the fight is over.
1: So you pretty much flow with the goal.
0: Who is worthy to be trusted with the secret to limitless power? I'm ready. My friends, we have a club. It's a not-so-secret club. People know about it now. But we want you to join. The reason why we want you to join is because we want to be closer to you. We want to share the strength, the trust, and the love of the BJJ Bulletproof Brotherhood. You know how you can join this club? You can subscribe. This is the secret handshake. The secret handshake that will bring us closer together, build our family, make you better, and also... We love you guys. We want to get closer to you. So by subscribing, you join the club. We're stoked. We make better content and we can be family. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Bulletproof for BJJ podcast. I'm JT and I'm here with the immaculate hair of Joe Worthington.
1: Hey guys, I'd love to tell you all about it, but I already did that on the last episode. So make sure you go back and listen to my preamble.
0: Yeah, it's cool though. It might inspire you and uh, make
1: you more handsome sorry if you're an irish concreter by the way i didn't mean to <laughs> hey, offend anyone <laughs> well hey
0: i was gonna say any concreter <laughs> they could be lebanese they could be that's right you know, hey, we love all concreters yeah respect like uh it's what it is but if you got to get that shop fade eh, it can be a bit generic my friends bjj home workouts this can be a challenge for many people because they say oh, i don't have much equipment I can't get to the gym. Are we talking
1: solo drills here? <laughs> How dare you, Joe Worthington. We're talking like strength and flexibility for jits at home, right? At home. With minimal equipment. Yeah. Like, What does that look like?
0: How can you do it? Because a lot of people just don't think it's possible.
1: Yeah. And beyond with- push-ups, sit-ups, and, and squats. Yeah, squats, yeah. Yeah. And so we have a definite structure. Definite. We're going to break it down for you. Break it all down. And then just
0: talk about how you can tweet the variables so it can work for you. Yeah. So let's talk, first cab off the rank, is let's talk about the moves and then the different things there. So talking about the moves, Joe, how do we categorize the moves for the home gym workout? All
1: right. So let's let's look at this like, oh, and just some context. we got a YouTube video that we're kind of basing this discussion off, Yep. which where we've given... It's like our top 15 or 16 exercises for home workouts for jiu-jitsu. So it's in the link in the fucking thing. Go watch that Yep. Uh, after you've listened to this episode. This, this is the guide and that is the how-to. Yeah. So here's the deal. First, we want to understand what the basic categories of different movements are. Now, this is not for home workouts. This is for any workout. But you have squat, hinge, push, pull, and core. Yep. Right. Very simplified. They are kind of the five different actions that you've got. You know that your body can do. Right. So squat, going down, come up. Hinge. It's more of a hip dominant thing, and then pushing or pressing and pulling, and then some core work. Sure. So if we want to make a nice, well-rounded workout, we're generally trying to put in one thing of each of those categories. Right. Tick the boxes. Now, do we want to go into the specific movements here? How do, um, how do we want to? We can
0: so the in the workout video that we, we we already have done, it does like dictate exactly what the moves are, but what we could do is give maybe two examples of each: one might be uh, the beginner and one might be advanced nice. now there's, there's a bit of there's a bit of progression in there, and that's we 'll we'll speak to that later but let's let's give the people an example of what is a very simple thing they may have seen or might be aware of? And then what's something that's like a little bit more advanced? Maybe they're not accustomed to. Mm. So, so start with squat.
1: Well, if we're talking squat, the body weight squat has to be a great starting point. But we're going for
0: A to G, aren't we? We're, go- we're trying to get a full range of motion.
1: You're going as deep as you can. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we're trying to keep the feet flat, heels down. And so if people can't –
0: like some people really struggle with that. What's yeah. What's the – What's the fix there? Because you've got some people with that issue, right? Yeah, yeah.
1: So like it's, it's not uncommon to find it challenging to get deep into the bottom of a squat, particularly if you, I don't know, if you consider yourself a bit of a tight person or maybe you're a little bit older and you've got a few injuries and stuff, elevating your heels is going to be the simplest way to overcome that obstacle.
0: So you're saying we should wear six-inch stilettos?
1: Not a bad choice. Although, did you ever see that video of the CrossFit girls? They're like Swedish or something. It was like a like a like an Instagram video what? trying to do some Olympic lifting, just like on the fly, in cassettes. No. Oh, some horrible twisted oh, ankles! Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, it's like like all fun and games, and then one of them's like, Yank. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh no, don't do it. But yeah, no, look, like elevating your heels just a little bit. how, so, would, you, well, how would you recommend doing that? If, you, if someone's if you, at home. So if you've got like, well, we're going to assume you don't have weight plates, right? Sure. Which is what we'd use here in the gym. Um, what I've used, and you've seen me, I've done this on the Instagram before, is a broomstick. Cool. Like the actual, just the, the broom itself that I use to sweep the garage. I just put that on the ground and I sit my heels on the broomstick. Nice. Fucking does the job great. I use that for uh, when I'm going full range pistol squats yep. or shrimps. Nice. Where my ankle range on my right side is not quite adequate.
0: It's a bit tight. Yeah, yeah. I, I like to use slides or um depending on if you're really tight slides as in just like under your heel yeah yeah like so actually stand your heel on your flip-flops or slides oh no that's you know
1: it's like 10 centimeter or something yeah
0: about 10 mil but if you're really tight you need a bit more you break out that old school encyclopedia or you know like if you've really got tight ankles and you need a good five centimeters get a book yep like just something kind of thick under each heel, I find that very effective.
1: You know the other really good option for that is if you have somewhere where you're training that just has a gentle slope.
0: Yeah, it's a bit uneven. i got
1: that slope on my gar- on my driveway. Nice. And like at times where my knee or my ankle and I'm feeling, I just go squat out there. And it's, fucking, it's the perfect gradient, yeah. Yeah,
0: amazing. And so if we think about something which is more advanced from the squat perspective, where would we go on that, Joe?
1: I'd be looking at um, shrimp squats or pistol squats. Yes. You know, and I think shrimps are, shrimps are, or skater squats, they're sometimes called uh, more accessible for the masses. Pistols are the one where it really does challenge the ankle range.
0: Yeah. So essentially, you're standing on one leg and you're curling your heel up to your butt on your, your, your free leg and you're squatting down as low as you can. And your goal is to touch your kneecap to the ground without smashing it. Now, if you struggle for depth, you can put a cushion, you can put other things to kind of gauge your depth and then gradually over time as you become stronger, you build up a bigger range of motion.
1: Exactly. And then you
0: can do it kind of harder.
1: Uh, And I think a Bulgarian split squat's a great option as a precursor to that. If you struggle with it, you just elevate the rear leg on a bench or whatever. Chair. And off you go, yeah. Couch.
0: Next move out the gate is a hinge. So what is the simplest hinge that people can get around
1: so hinges like just to give a bit of context in the gym we're usually looking at deadlifts or hip thrusts or kettlebell swings or something along those lines right all of those exercises require weights so we're looking now at a body weight variation for the hinge okay so if we were to just do a body weight version if i was if you're a total beginner and you've never really fucked with any of this stuff i think a body weight hinge like a good morning yep with a gentle knee bend is going to be great yep It's not going to be a really hard workout. It's going to be more of an active stretch. Yeah. But
0: but hands across the chest. Yeah. uh, Even hands, like taking the hands up behind the head actually can really load you up. Like if you're doing anything with extension and you actually put the weight of your hands behind your head, the amount of muscles that you have to use in your upper back and your neck to actually come up, it becomes more challenging than it would seem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. I suppose my, um, my preferred option there, if you are someone that's like of moderate strength, would be to take it to like a single leg variation. So maybe a split stance where you've got one foot back and it's got a little bit of supporting weight or you take that leg off the ground altogether and it's a single leg hinge.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a great way to start. And a more advanced version of that, which we definitely um, promote in the program – is like a, a, a bodyweight single leg deadlift, like an aeroplane, which is actually surprisingly challenging. Fucking like tough. If, if you're on carpet, it's actually easier on a hard floor. If you're on a soft surface, your ankle is going to be all over the shop.
1: Yeah, don't do this shit on jujitsu mats. No. Like, yeah, for anything that requires balance, being on jujitsu mats is infinitely harder, isn't
0: it? Yeah, and and just having a really solid base is just going to help you because for some people, they're like, every time I do that, I just fall over. So, um, yeah, we've we've got... We articulated a lot more in terms of technique, but essentially you're standing on, a, on one leg, your back leg is going back behind you. You can have it bent if you like. Uh, you can have it straight also, which is a little bit more challenging. But the goal is to be able to keep your torso square to the ground. A lot of people, when they do it, they kind of twist off center. And actually that's not what we're trying to do. We're trying to keep your hips nice and square and keeping that weight in the working leg the whole time. As you lean forward to 90 degrees, some people might be able to go a bit further if they're more flexible. But some, if,
1: some won't get to 90. Some won't. Tight, yeah.
0: But the, the, key, the key thing here is weak. Um, keeping the back straight. A lot of people lean forward and just round. Mm. And you tend to lose the to work through the hamstring and the glute. So it's really important, guys. Whatever your range of motion is to keep your back straight and keep that work through the hammy and the glute.
1: So, just a, an observation, like on those, like on the squatting and the hinging stuff. If you are someone of moderate strength, but let's say like not particularly flexible, right? You will struggle with those more advanced variations from a like from a mobility from a, from a flexibility perspective. Yeah, you will struggle with the range. Your ham, you will feel tight. You will feel uncoordinated, and when you're in that zone with certain exercises, you need to use that as Like, okay, cool, I'm just going to focus in on getting more flexible and getting more coordinated at this exercise. Once you've gotten out of that place, then it becomes something more of true strength. Yes. And at that point then we need to find a way to make it harder, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, But it's important to be like, oh, I really suck at these. My balance sucks. It is exactly what you should be doing in that case. Don't just go, I'm not doing that because it's too hard. Yeah. Right? Yeah, lean lean in
0: on that because that is absolutely a, a high leverage activity for you. You get good at that, everything else is gonna get so much easier and so much stronger. Yeah. So then moving to press, now we did say before, oh, don't just be doing push ups, but a push up done correctly can be very challenging. Yeah. Like a, we, we do it a bit different, don't we?
1: Yeah. Like a legit push up is a fucking great exercise. What is a legit push up, theory
0: What how can you Tell these people what's the difference.
1: All right. So the thing with the push-up is that we're when we're doing body weight strength training, we are generally trying to isolate one part of the body. So when we're doing a push-up, we're talking about pressing. So we want to just isolate the shoulders and the arms essentially. What that means is that I need to rank the rest of my body as rigid and as fixed as possible. So where you would see folks go wrong with the push-up is that their body positioning is just... Saggy. Saggy and it's fluid and hip it's up, moving hip, yeah. and they're you know, lifting their head early. and it, And in that way, there's no isolation. Whereas the way we prescribe it is you're going to have your hands in pretty close. They're just outside of shoulder width. Your hands are going to be almost sort of directly under your shoulder or your palm will be directly under your shoulder and your body line will be super tight. So that means your pelvis is tucked, your glutes are engaged... And then you've got uh, your rib cage down and braced. Now, this is like a hollow body gymnastics kind of posture. And if you can hold that throughout the whole push-up, that's hitting the goal of tight body line. And the
0: angle is a little bit – almost a little bit inclined in a way in terms of the load because the elbows are by the ribs. Yeah. So you kind of – you're not just going straight down. This isn't like a hands-wide, elbows flared, just pumping. It's quite tight and you – in some ways – and. I became more familiar with this coming in training at Jungle Brothers. Your hips are probably up a little bit cuz I've seen in the past people go, don't put your hips up, but it's not relaxed. It's that midline is really the abs are tense.
1: Yeah, and when you yeah, when you tuck it, it kind of it, it tends to bring the tol- the the spine into that horizontal position yeah. versus a slight incline. Yes. which you would see in a in a more conventional push-up.
0: And this really does work the chest and shoulders in a hard way. So We've got many, many videos related to this in the program. It does make I, – I, I, gave, I gave these cues to a friend and they're like, why would I do that? It just makes it harder <laughs> and I can do less of them. Like, yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> that's how you're going to get stronger, dude. Yeah. Well, um, that's the thing, right? It's like in, – and in, we kind of said at the beginning like doing squats, push-ups and sit-ups – We're talking about like if you're just doing them in that conventional way where there's no attention paid to technique and you're just bashing them out, yeah, you can probably do a fuckload of them. Yeah, sure, they probably push some blood into the working muscles, but you're not actually getting stronger like week to week, month to month, right? You're not improving your coordination
0: through those muscles particularly. Yeah. Um, so what could be a more
1: advanced
0: press? Are we looking more at like elevating the feet? Is it more like a handstand
1: thing? Yeah, so you've got a couple of options, right? But I guess looking at something kind of more advanced, I really like handstand work against the wall. Yeah. Yeah, so we're fans of like in our standards program, using the chest to wall Handstand. Holds. Yep. So you'd be kind of walking it in. You could start at a bit of an incline. So you're not going into a full vertical position.
0: You guys were doing wall walks not that long ago, right? Yeah, we had them in a phase yeah, a couple that's, of phases ago. that can be really tough. I think people really underestimate how much your shoulders are working just with your, you. You're not trying to bend your elbows, really. You're trying to keep your arms straight. Yeah. And there's so much work through your core and your shoulders. Oh, it's hard as fuck. It's brutal. Yeah. And I know some people, even though they might want to invert in jujitsu, you start to turn them upside down in a handstand and people freak out. Yeah. It's like that, that brings on a certain level of nervousness and like, oh, my God. I'm yeah, you're about
1: to eat the floor if you <laughs> collapse out of this.
0: Yeah, it's tough. But that develops a full body strength, right, just by you have to keep your core braced. You have to keep your
1: shoulders in a good position. You know, it's, it's
0: incredibly challenging, but this is an amazing way for you to get stronger and there's no weights there.
1: Exactly. And the beauty is, is that there's more mobility like with the pistol and the shrimp, there's more mobility demand on an exercise like this, right? Yeah. You need to be able to keep a good body position, get into an overhead spot. And not only do your shoulders have to be good enough for that, but so does your wrist mobility. Yeah. So there's more things that are folded into the exercise uh, in terms of benefit, rather than just like you know, what, I'm going to go from like 12 to 16 push-ups. Yeah. Now let's let's add some other variables that are going to actually push the needle further.
0: Add some skill and coordination, which is just going to have way more benefits overall. Yeah. The next one is pull. Now this is kind of challenging because, you know, I, we've had many people say, "I in I live in an apartment. We don't have any like horizontal beams." I'm not allowed to put a chin-up bar in or blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't have rings. I don't have a TRX. I don't have weights. What can I do with the pull? Now, this is – it is a bit of a challenge, isn't it? It is, yeah.
1: The, the pulling one is like – it's basically impossible without some kind of equipment.
0: Unless you've got a real solid dinner table. Like you can, but even
1: that's equipment, right? Like yeah. you've got, like you got to have – it requires something for you to use. You know, so yeah, like we posted a video back in COVID on like you can use a, a bed sheet, yeah, right? That's a as, a, as a funny video. D- it's, cool, it's,
0: it's cool, but it's.
1: It's cool, but it's it's not, you know, it's not that realistic that you're gonna go and do this folding technique with a bed sheet and de- jam it in the door frame and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, so if I'm like in that video, I remember I'm like, look, you need to have something to build your pulling strength. Yep. Because if you don't, you're just gonna end up with an out of balance body. You'd be like It's got strong push and you've got no back muscle, Yeah. Um, i.e., yoga. and um and true so you know on that like the greatest tools you can have yeah if you've got a heavy dining table that you could like get underneath and yeah and like get like a rock climbing grip on that shit and do some rows yep um or if you've got an exercise band sure like one kind of like medium power band that you could put around Around like a pole or exactly you know fix it to something like an upright on your staircase and just do your rows or you can stand on it too stand on it stand and do some kind of bent over row variation too absolutely or and this is like I couldn't recommend this enough if you are training at home as a consistent ongoing thing it is worth investing in like a pull-up bar be it the door frame one that yep. clips over or it's the expandable one in the door you know in the door frame itself or you go for something that's more fixed into like a brick wall but like if you do that the job's done because yeah. you can hang some rings on that, TRX, you could do chin-ups on it, you can hang. Yeah. Like that takes care of your pulling work.
0: That's right. Yeah, definitely worth the investment. And look, if you're just in a situation where you can't do that, just get a kettlebell. Like just a single kettlebell at, You know, of a, a medium weight that you can handle because it's such a versatile tool. You can use it for pressing, you can use it for hinging, but add it to your squats. Yeah, it, it's going to help you in many ways, but... A single arm row variation with a kettlebell is going to do so much to develop through your back, so can't really advocate for that enough.
1: Now, theoretically, you could, and I say theoretically because this is a isometrics are generally a harder form of exercise for beginners. Yep. But an exercise that you could do for to build your pulling strength with something you already have is to use your gear jacket. Okay, And you could get into that position where you've got – if you have like the upright at your staircase. Post. Or if not, you wrap it – like you sit, put your legs out in front of you and you wrap it around the bottom of your feet and then you pull that sucker as hard as you can and you hold that for 20 seconds. Ooh, 20 seconds is a long time. Yeah, like 10 to 20 second holds, five sets. Yeah, Isometric. So isometric strength is when you are in a static position and you are exerting force. So isometrics are hard because – for a lot of people, they can't apply the right intensity to actually get a result from it.
0: Yeah, it's it's difficult because basically you're contracting the muscle as hard as you can, but there's no no real movement happens at the joint. Yeah, angle. it's but not
1: it's, point A to point B. it's just
0: forming tension at that point. And this is actually a super helpful way. Like we use isometric contractions in jujitsu all the time, but we don't often train it off the mat. It is a great way to get strong, but you've got to be careful too. Because if your spine's rounded and you do this, you know you can kind of, you've got to really make sure you're set up well before you, um, you know, pull so hard you might just
1: uh, let out a fart um, <laughs> like. You're in the comfort of your own home. Hey, sure, that shit how you want. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that—that's actually a real good one. And the isometric, like if we're talking about the uh, the wall walk with the hand, that's an isometric too. True, but because it's kind of task-driven, like hey, we're doing a handstand against the wall. Don't fall down. Just stay here. You almost don't have to think about it. Yeah. But now that it's like hey, grab the gi, pull it as hard. You have to consciously pull as hard as you can. That's right. There you go. Nice. Just came up with that, guys. Breaking.
0: Oof, there it is. Ground- groundbreaking moves. Uh, the next thing is core. Now, actually, this isn't so tough to improve. It's more just, are you prepared to do that work? So uh, a move that we, we love is uh, hol- variations on a hollow body because you don't need anything other than you being on the floor and time. Yeah. And this, and obviously we can do it for reps and movements too, where we do other different movements. But basically, this is where you are forming tension and and, and staying there. Isometric hold. And that's hard. Bus, bus. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Um, and most people, even though they've heard of a plank or like a hover or, you know, a prone position, a lot of people do that. That's very popular. If you then turn them over and get them on their back and try and get that contraction, people die. Like yeah. it's very rare. If someone is trained, maybe they could do a minute or more, but if someone is not experienced, even jujitsu people who've done plenty of sit-ups and everything else, you tell them to keep that tension at different levels, very tough.
1: Yeah. They're a great exercise and you've got heaps of different variations based on right where you're at. Um, I also like, yeah, V-ups or tuck-ups, yeah tuck-ups. you know, which are more kind of same kind of idea starting from a hollow body position, but it's, it's movement based. active. Yeah. What is missed say in like those exercises that you could point out is like rotational core strength. Sure. You know, and that's definitely a thing you can start to play with side planks, rotational side planks and shit.
0: And you can, you, there's, there's many movements where you can actually bring in a degree of rotation without too much challenge in the same way, you know, and you know, you may have done this where you have your legs straight, like a windshield wiper arms out to the side and you're taking legs to the side, legs, to the other side, just to really engage through obliques, lower back. It's, you know, it's very challenging. It's all about controlling your own body. So more advanced variations is actually not that hard to progress when you go from like a level one hollow body. Like It is very hard in terms of your experience, but it's not hard for you to do it. Yeah. You don't have to chuck a kettlebell in there. You're like, oh, I'm going to go from my knees bent, my arms straight, to I'm just going to open that angle out. So by extending the lever there's more tension in the middle yeah and that's that's way harder than it even looks and so then you can get into like hollow body rocks there's like so many whole things, bunch of shit which is so the reason why we love that is you don't need equipment all you need is to know how to do it and keep yourself accountable that you are keeping that tension not flopping around
1: so you know at the start of that piece i mentioned like you want to try and hit these five main categories of movements right but the reality is you don't have to do all categories at every workout. It's True. just like if you are training at home and you're like, what am I going to do in the week? You want to be ticking all those boxes across the week. So you might do like two or three of those exercises on one day and then another few on a different day. Yeah. As long as you are collectively keeping balance uh, over time, that's the goal. Yeah, definitely.
0: So how does someone go about doing a workout at home? Because they, they don't necessarily have a bunch of weight. So they can't just go heavier and they don't have machines so they can just move the plates, which is like a a really convenient thing, how does somebody structure their workouts at home? What are they looking at?
1: Yeah, so here's the thing. Yeah, if you're training in the gym, you can add weight, right? It's the easy way to progress most exercises. Training at home, you don't have that luxury because you're just kind of working with your body weight, which is fixed. So, yeah, the first thing that you're doing is going from simple exercises, i.e. bodyweight squat – towards more complex ones, split squat, shrimp squat, pistol squat, right? Making it harder, more complex will make the exercise harder and that's going to be a form of progression. Um, but there's a couple of metrics that you can play with which are going to influence that as well. One is the tempo of the exercise. Time, right? time under tension. Time under tension, yep. So if you're, if you're doing 10 squats and you're just banging them out, well, you could try 10 squats but now you're going down over 8 seconds And then you're coming up over eight seconds. Oh, that's tough. That'll fuck you up. Like no matter how fit you are, that will fuck you up. Um, So going slower through the movement is a a really simple one. But also like changing the range of motion. Yep. Won't always be possible in every exercise, right? But let's say you're really savvy with push-ups – and then let's say you've done the slower tempo and you're like savvy with that. Well, now we could try elevating the hands onto a couple of bricks or or I don't know, two bits of wood yep. so that you're getting a little bit deeper into that bottom position. Bigger range. Yeah, bigger range. Now you've just made a simple exercise that a little bit harder. Yeah.
0: And you, look, to be completely transparent, guys, you will get stronger doing these things, but it, at a critical point it may top out Yeah. because your main weapon is volume. You know, you, you start, oh man, I can only do five shrimp squats. But then you'll be able to build it up over time and then you can do 10 on each leg. And that's like, well, wow, that's pretty damn good. Your major weapon is to be looking to gradually build your volume up over time. The way that I do this, like there's a um, super famous strongman back in the day called Gurner, And he just had a very simple method, which was he would start with eight sets of two and then he would do one set of three and then seven sets of two. just Just one rep every set. And just build that up over time until he had reached a certain level, then he would increase the weight. And just gradually like that. And, and that gives you weeks and months of just chipping away at getting really good at the skill before you add load. Yeah. And, and so once you are familiar with the movement, you know you can do it safely, you're confident, then you're like, you know what, I, wanna, I do want to put a kettlebell in my hand or I do want to add a five kilo dumbbell. So what we're generally encouraging people to do is yep, slow the movement down Time under tension, but then gradually, not suddenly, build up your rep volume.
1: Yeah, exactly. And you could even, like you said, add reps, or you could add sets. Yeah, couldn't you go? I did did four sets of ten. I'm going for five sets of ten today. Yeah, you know. But as long as you are like, and I think that's probably the key takeaway with training at home is that. You need progression in some way. So session to session or week to week, you should be looking for one of those metrics to be going upwards. Yeah,
0: yeah. Progressive overload. This is absolutely the cornerstone of any improvement, whether it's weight, reps, or time under tension. Just because, don't just get good at a workout and be like, I love that workout.
1: Yeah, don't be that because that's the people you you see those people in the gym all the time. They
0: never get better. They're doing
1: the same shit, same sets, same reps. Same volume. Yeah. I knew a guy who was just like,
0: no, that's my favorite workout. Like I feel so good when I do it. Yeah. It's kind of like playing the same game on the same level. Like you've completed the game, dude. (laughs) You should go up a difficulty level. Stop stop playing James Bond on easy. (laughs) Like you've got to just go up because otherwise you're just not going to get better. Like it's great that you're training at home, but our goal is to get you to improve. Um, The next thing on that is workout structure. Mm. How how does – How does it fit together that somebody's like, okay, I've got these moves, I've got a rough idea of sets and reps I can do,
1: how do I make it work? All right, so I'll try and simplify this and then you tell me what you think. The the basic thing is this, if you are trying to get stronger and you are working at exercises that are of a high intensity, let's say you're doing five sets of five reps of pistol squats. Sure. For most people, if you can do it, that's pretty tough. If you also want to throw in push-ups and burpees and a run around the block in between those sets of pistols right into a circuit, those pistols can be really fucking hard because you're fatigued from all that other shit, heart rate's up, oxygen's depleted, quality goes down. So that is not the kind of way where, that's not the approach that you want to take to get stronger at pistols, right? So in that regard, if something is really challenging for you and you do want to get stronger at it, you should just do that exercise. Maybe you could couple it with something else that is complementary right so maybe it's the pistol and you and you're also doing a press yep right and you rest a little bit and you repeat until you've done all the sets but that circuit idea where you take a bunch of exercises and you just do one set of each and you run through it that is not so much going to get you super strong but it is going to build a level of conditioning and aerobic capacity Mm -hmm. that is increasing your strength in a very general sense isn't it yeah like movement specifically you're not going to be progressing a lot but in terms of total output your general work volume goes, your work capacity goes up. That's right. And so so for me, like if I'm training at home and sometimes I'm like, if I'm on holidays, I'm like, I just want to get a little workout in. Yeah. I will usually do a circuit. Sure, I probably won't do any more than three exercises, but I'm like, I'm just going to bash this out because I'm going to break a sweat. I'm going to get my heart rate up a bit. And I'm also going to be doing, you know, five sets of some moderately intense exercises. And so,
0: yeah, it's just, just know
1: that that isn't, the key way to get strong yeah
0: it's great it's great to do we so we don't want to knock someone for doing no yeah you're doing a
1: workout thumbs up hey man if you're into crossfit keep fucking with it yeah do those fucking burpees but Um, yeah if you are trying to like if you are trying to master like if you're like i'm trying to break through and get my first chin up or i'm trying to like hold a chest to wall handstand i'm trying to get a pistol squat well don't fucking mix it with anything else. Do that, do a set, take a rest. Prioritise. Do it again, take a rest. And rest because you need that rest in order to be able to execute a high-quality set. Yeah, I actually heard
0: a, a quote from Dave Tate. Dave Tate is one of the ex...
1: Fuck that guy, bro. <laughs> we don't fucking talk about that guy. <laughs> Sorry. No Tates on this show. <laughs> no, 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 no.
0: Wrong Tate. Wrong Tate. I'm not talking about the Cobra. I'm not talking about the sex trafficker. I'm talking about. I'm talking a big old man, man like, Tate's who, my guy. who used to lift weights. <laughs> Nah, fuck that guy for short. Sure. No, Dave Tate was saying that why are you in a rush? If you're trying to get strong, you shouldn't be in a rush. Like I'm, he's like, I'm here to get strong. That takes time. You want to make sure you're fresh for the skill you're trying to practice. Otherwise, your skill quality goes down. Yeah, He's talking about deadlifts and squats and stuff like that. But he's like, if you're in a rush, you're not going to get strong. That, that was his take on it. Rest enough that your reps are quality. So our approach, which is something that, you know, I've learned from people, smarter than me, better than me, in the um, strength game, which is talking about fitting everything in. So if you've got rocks, pebbles, and sand, if if you have it all together and you take it out, the order in which you put it back in will dictate if you can fit it in. If you put the big rocks in first, that will leave space for the pebbles then you put the pebbles in and then you pour the sand in at the end and that will fill the gaps. This is the same approach to lifting. You should put your hardest, most technically demanding or the, the movements that you need to improve at first, big rocks first. Yep. Then you, you do your focus on those techniques and, and put your uh, best energy into that. They usually require the most skill, so that's why you want to do them when you're fresh. Yep. Your next set of exercises – usually won't be quite as skillful but will still be demanding. So those are accessory movements. They will help you get better at the big rocks. Yep. So those pebbles then fit in. And then at the end, you, you have your finishes or you have your, your kind of uh, bits that, like, if you didn't do them, it would be okay, but you just put them in in there anyway and you just get the most out of them you can. Yeah, And that way, you're also not giving yourself a chance to hurt yourself. You're doing the riskiest thing or the, the thing which is most demanding – when you have the best capacity to deal with it, and then you're doing your least skillful, less demanding thing when you're most fatigued. So that's the, the kind of big rocks approach to how you put it together. So big rocks are the hardest movements for you like a handstand. Like you don't want to be doing a handstand when your shoulders are totally cooked from doing a million push-ups.
1: No, exactly. It's it's yeah. not going to end well. Yeah, you prioritise that wrong yeah. for sure. So um,
0: to just give you a bit of an idea of that, do refer to the video that we'll put the link in the in the bio you can just you know the link below i should say you'll be able to click that link and Joey goes into great detail as to how you can go about this now there are some limitations aren't there
1: there are we got to yeah you got to acknowledge there are limitations to training at home so if your goal is to get as strong as you can as flexible as you can you should probably get a gym membership or you should invest in some equipment yeah right definitely. so there's always you got to acknowledge all right if i'm doing this shit at home without equipment it's a suboptimal situation, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't mean you can't still get gains from it. Sure. So I guess the main limitations that come to mind for me are progression. Yeah. Right. So, you know, we kind of gave you some different ways to progress it there, like time under tension, um, complexity, extra sets and reps. Whereas if you could just add weight to the squats, I do a a 10, you know, 12 kilo kettlebell this week and next week I'm on a 16. And that's a really simple way to progress. So, If we're comparing two individuals, the person that's just got access to weights and to strength training equipment, they're going to progress faster than you. Yes. Second limitation, just to touch on the first time we mentioned it, is the pulling thing. Yeah. Right? That's a definite kind of tricky one, limitation of body weight training at home.
0: Yeah, definitely. And look, I guess what you should know is this, guys, like investing, and that's really what it is. It's an investment. Buying one or two kettlebells, even though kettlebells, if you're not familiar with them might seem expensive because you're like oh it's just like a ball of iron with a handle they're very versatile so not only can you use them to improve your pulling strength you can use them to improve your conditioning and so many other things once you know what to do so just by spending 80 bucks or 100 bucks you got a tool and it needs no maintenance they don't break
1: It'll you know, be a family heirloom. You'd Pass it on to your children, their pass children. It down, that's right. Yeah, like legitimately, it will last forever. Forever. They're, they're yeah, so it's yeah, and it's like you buy once, cry once. Exactly. Right? You just pay a few hundred bucks for like two or three of them. Yep. And you're set. You're good forever. Like, like you don't actually ever need to buy anything else. No. if you don't want to.
0: No, and and I think even we we generally refer people to have a couple of bells, a couple of bands.
1: Yeah. So look, what's our? We should give like what is our basic recommendation there? So my. my Generally, what I would recommend is that you would have
0: a a lighter kettlebell so you can master the technique. So light for you might be eight kilos. Or if you're familiar with training, you already do a bit of lifting, you're a stronger human, 12 kilos, just to master the technique. Then you want to have a progression on that, which will be 16. You don't want to jump too fast. And then you want to have a heavier kettlebell, which might be 20 or 24, depending on your level. You save that for the kind of heavier moves. And then over time, you're going to level up and then you're like, man, I want to get a 32. And... It becomes an addiction, and before you know, you're you're me, and you have thirty six kettlebells in your, in your house, and your mum's kicking you out. And you're like, dang! Now my car looks like Mom, a low. Can rider. you bring the
1: kettlebells over?
0: <laughs> <laughs> can you put them in the van? My suspension won't take it. But yeah, so the set of three bells, set of three bells, you want to have two bands, a medium band, and a, like a, a lighter, skinnier band. So we're yep. talking about the
1: power band, kind of, yeah,
0: one meter compressed kind of rubber loops now you can get a booty band there's plenty of things you can do with those but in terms of doing work for your upper body lower body pressing pulling all of that having a medium
1: sized band and a, a skinnier lighter band very helpful and then i would say the next investment would be the pull-up bar yeah and that's like that's You're super good. complete home gym right and you know, it doesn't take up a lot of room
0: And a a nice to have is some rings or a TRX.
1: Oh, yeah. Because that horizontal pulling – Rings preferably always, but if it has to be – if your fucking uncle gives you their old So be it. Okay, I can't. I'll use it. (laughs)
0: But that's the thing like because for some people, they really struggle with pull-ups, right? Yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. And so if you struggle with the vertical pulling – you gotta master the horizontal pulling. Yeah. And rings are absolutely perfect for that. And there's so many other cool things you can do with them. Yeah. And they're super versatile.
1: Absolutely. Now, in terms of then direction, like obviously go check that video. But of course, if you want our sort of gold standard recommendations, we have our what is it, Bodyweight Warrior or Living Room Warrior? Living Room Warrior. Living Room Warrior, which is on the app and it's a six-cycled program. That is designed to progressively overload you from point A to six points later. Yeah, and <laughs> it's a solid nine months of training. On the other side of that, you will
0: be like you know, at least twice as strong,
1: maybe five times as strong, because depending on your base. Yeah, five and times zero is still zero. No. And pretty, pretty much ninety-five percent of that program is totally body weight.
0: Yeah, and I, I revised the program to make it less equipment dependent. Yeah, because when we first released it, there was a bit of rings, a bit of pull-up bars in there, and people weren't happy with that like some people just couldn't do it so i revised the program so it's less focused on that and look guys if at any point you're using it and you need a swap out just
1: hit us up hit us up get the app at bulletproof you can start a free trial you can access all of the programs jump right in start training and then if you dig the thing stick around and we can help you with the training nice see you there